Hey everyone, we got a question in from Instagram this week from Pamela Coleman. If you could create a horror icon, what would it be? And because I don't have an answer immediately for this question, I'm going to defer to Megan. Uh, I want a horror, like a female horror icon. You know, we've mm. got Leatherface and Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason. And I think we talked about it before. It's like, we don't really have a female. I think Sadako... And Kayako might be the closest, but that's, oh. you know, in Japan. I don't think that's quite yeah. as big. Like, we don't have Sadako, you know, throwing opening pitches uh, over here like like she does in Japan. So I want some kind. It doesn't even have to be a ghost. It could be a, I'm perfectly fine with another slasher icon that's uh, female. So, yeah, I think. Mimi. <laughs> yeah, Mimi's a little different. She's a, She's a special case. I think Mimi's the bad guy in Psycho Gorman. <laughs> no, she's a sweet little baby angel. I thought that the villain was like the intergalactic council that is completely maybe there's inept. I don't know. Yes, I don't think that they. I don't think one on one they can deal with Mimi. No, <laughs> I think Psycho Gorman is actually the buffer in that scenario. Yeah, they definitely can't play her game. But They're she terrible. she can't count as an icon until a few more sequels in. I think. So that so really what you're saying is she needs more movies. Yeah. We need more Psycho Gorman in our life. We do need we do. more. And we need to like build in a backdoor Killer Clowns sequel into Psycho mm. Gorman sequels. Yeah. There, there's a whole lot of spin. There's a whole universe that could happen out of that movie. How about you, Xena? Um, I would like to see a child. <laughs> 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 Because, like, like seriously, me. I know, like, jokes is, like, kind of like what you guys are saying with Mimi. I don't feel that way about Mimi. I feel like Mimi is a very nice girl. Um, but, but no, seriously, like, a very, like, serious tone type of, it could be supernatural or it could even just be old school, like, slasher. So, kind of like Esther a little bit, but Esther's kind of like Esther, but, but an actual child. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know we have those, but I mean, like, like a franchise ongoing yeah. type of thing. What if the Who good... is the kid from Pet Cemetery? Gage. There you go. But ongoing. Ongoing yeah. like a franchise, you know, like so but yeah, like something that or a kid that's like truly terrifying. That like the good be. son t- mm-hmm. but like ten sequels of that. Yes. Mikey. But even worse. <laughs> oh can you yeah, there you go. All right, John. Have you have you had time to I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, because fortunately, yours were kind of nebulous enough that it wasn't trying to necessarily turn one specific person into an icon. Yeah, I don't think you could do that. That's not how horror well, fandom works. I want a running slasher. What is it I like? Want... A marathon runner who slashes no, on his <laughs> way, or <laughs> like, uh, like take Leslie Ver- like take. Leslie Vernon, but uh-huh. actually show him running. Hmm. Like I, I want the idea. I, I'm actually pretty tired of the idea of a slasher who just walks. Oh, okay. I would be so much more okay. scared of a guy who is just in a dead sprint after everybody. Okay, That's true. Oh my god. And I may or may not have an elevator pitch for such a horror movie that I've had in my head for like the last five years. I feel like that could work because like that scene in Get Out where he's just running at him is, yeah. is kind of terrifying. Yeah. 
or or, J- or Jason in the remake when he's running up on the camper yeah. and he's like mid swing. But come on, can you imagine? Like those people, people would not have a chance. Like their legs would just collapse. I mean, that's what will happen to me. Like just. Well, Blumhouse needs to contact me about my treatment because I explain how all of this could actually work. <laughs> we it's need okay. it. I feel like we need it. I can't just give it away. He's fast. T2000. Speaking of giving it away, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as a lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre. Two weeks in a row, Zena Dixon. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe it'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, you know what's been filling your heart this week? So, I binge-watched this weekend The Woman Across the Street from The Girl in the Window on Netflix. Such a great title. From 2022. Um, so, watching the world go by from her living room window, heartbroken Anna sets her sights on a handsome new neighbor until she witnesses a gruesome murder. So, this was a very easy watch. It's it's less than 30 minutes. And um, hmm. it's very ridiculous. But I was so hooked. I loved it so much. And, um, you know, as a the viewer, they knew how to just keep you guessing. And it really made me laugh. Um, so if you want something that's like lighthearted, straightforward type of thing, I recommend this. Plus, I really love uh, Kristen Bell, so it's just great seeing her, you know, in this role. And I'm, I'm really sad now since I finished it because who am I? What do I have now? You know? Oh, there's um, always more. Yeah. But yeah, but I was just going to say with that, just because it is like a limited series, which we, we spoke about like last week and stuff, but it's just like, I'm really hoping that somehow... Some way we'll get a second season so we can see Kristen Bell more and we can see more casseroles. I so oh my gosh, the casseroles. The casseroles. <laughs> I gotta oh, say, gosh. okay, so I've seen like a lot of kind of opinions all over the map on, on social mm-hmm. media for this show where people are like, this takes it too seriously and it's not funny. And then other people who are on board. I think there's a very specific humor style mm-hmm. that you kind it's of have dry. to, yeah. it is so dry and so straightforward that if you think it's supposed to be like scary movie, it's, you mm-hmm. might be disappointed because it's, it reminds me of the um, Garth Marenghi's dark place and that it's so kind of dry uh, in their delivery, but the jokes, I, I, I have to know without spoilers, that finale, were you dying laughing? Like I was, yes. I was that cackling was... like a because crazy it just person. Kinda, it was just like, okay, you know, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, it, it, it did. It, it made me laugh. And again, it was just like a very easy type of watch because, um, I was doing other things while I was watching it and, but I still felt engaged and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but before I did watch that, I watched this movie called Estranged um, from 2015 on Peacock. But I believe that it's on Voodoo and it's also on Tubi and it's been on my list to check out for a while. A woman returns home to, ex- to her estranged family after a near fatal accident, but begins to suspect something is not right. So this woman, her name is January and it's not even cool. She's on vacation with her boyfriend in Brazil and they're like living it up. They're on a scooter riding and just having a good time. But sadly, um, they get into this accident and it cripples her, but temporarily. And um, her boyfriend survives and, you know, without really like a mark on him at all. But she does not have her memory. They said that, you know, the usual, it'll come back over time. So 
you know, her boyfriend, you know, not really knowing what to do, he obviously calls her family and they want her to come home. And so she lives in this beautiful, like isolated house, like where it's just like, oh yeah, she's rich, rich, you know? And so, uh, she has butlers and all, like a whole staff. And, you know, she, she doesn't know why she never returned home. And, uh, her family is a little bit weird. They're a little bit off. You know, you have her mother, her father, and then she has a brother and a sister. And, you know, coming back to her childhood home, again, uh, her family's being very strange. Like, they're treating her weird, and they're treating the boyfriend, like, just bad. Like, especially when he's not doing anything wrong. He's just being loving towards her, supporting her, and they don't like it, you know? And so, but yeah, as the, uh, as the viewer, you know, we're trying to figure out why her family feels like he ruined her life and you know it was an accident but anyway point is I really did enjoy it I don't recommend I mean I recommend if you're gonna watch this you make sure you watch something happy afterwards so that's why I completely binged watch the previous show I don't want to say the title because it's so long but, it but just helpful. know that it it is very dark it is bleak but I really did enjoy it and um it kind of it's kind of sad because I don't really hear too much about this one yeah I don't know this one wow stumped Megan yeah Sometimes it happens. <laughs> uh, after Sundance, my brain is broken. So I needed like <laughs> silly stuff or comfort watches. Uh, so the silly stuff that I watched, uh, Amityville Dollhouse. This was a direct to video. It's like the eighth entry in that franchise came out in um, 1996. I watched it on Prime Video, which is, I guess, IMDb TV on Prime Video. So it has ads. But anyways, um, it kind of reminded me of John, and I'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> so Bill Martin, he just finished building this really nice house. He spent 10 months building this new home for his family, unaware that it uh, was the site of the previous Amityville murder house. And he discovers an old shed out back that has a whole bunch of stuff, including a dollhouse that looks just like the Amityville house. He gives it to his young daughter for her birthday, and... All sorts of kooky stuff happens. So the reason it reminded me of John is because this family are kind of mean to each other. Like, none of them believe each other. They are just right off the bat, like, and it's the way that you are with unlikable characters. That made me think, like, (laughs) yeah. I was like, why is this like my family? Because it's not like your family. It's just (laughs) your voice in my head of these people are so unlikable. Like, dad cannot he it's a blended family so it's like dad his wife her nerdy son who hates everybody (laughs) he is such a little turd he is so terrible he is rotten uh and then you know the teen son they no matter what he does dad instantly does not believe him doesn't take his side and it's like so on and so forth this family is practically i don't know how they were even together in the first place they were just megan I'm sorry. You you call that little boy nerdy. (laughs) No, I call him a turd. (laughs) And I mean, turd, I'm fine. But he was nerdy. Like, it was just, he was just so cringy and annoying. Like, yeah, dad would never let that happen. It's just like, just stop it. He was just, ugh. Yeah, he was, he was was mean. He was, yeah, I, yeah, agreed. Like, he was just a little booby butt from the beginning and it's like why are you this teen boy didn't do anything and they were slut shaming his girlfriend why why are you like this people however it does give you this crazy kitchen sink approach to the horror which reminded me a little bit of house like the 1985 haunted house movie um 
the the dollhouse is like a portal to demons. So there's demon stuff, but then there's like a rat goes into or a mouse goes into the house and then it turns into this giant thing under the daughter's bed and you know yeah, the crazy. the turd son keeps seeing his dad who's rotting over the course of the movie and yeah, there's really like cool. a wasp in the ear there's fight like it does everything that you could possibly think of so once you get past this family not liking each other at all it's pretty entertaining in this schlockiest sort of way so and the it, dollhouse was actually pretty cool like i think it if is. someone gave me that as a kid yeah i would have loved it yeah I, it does that thing, though, where there's, like, a sacrificial, a sacrificial magician, and I'm like, why? Why? Why did this person <laughs> stay behind? I don't know. But it was the precise type of, like, dumb insanity that I needed in my life right then, because my brain was too broken to process anything serious. So, you know, if you like wacky... If you like, uh, what is the 90... It's about time. If you like mm-hmm. Amityville, it's about time, that same kind of what the fuckery uh dollhouse delivers <laughs> yeah so i'm really torn should i watch this i mean yeah. you should you should but <laughs> be prepared to want to smack every single family member and just how at each other's throats they are from the get-go it's like why are you even wanting to save your family did you even like them from the get the get-go i don't i don't know but you know the little girl wasn't that bad she was really nice she was really nice and so was the aunt who was in it for like two seconds but the little girl was nice but she was sick most of the time so you mm-hmm. didn't really see her you just saw evil little boy typical teen who's not believed and shitty parent one shitty parent two so yeah it's good times though it is you got demons giant rats monsters galore good times uh and then uh kind of like xena i i watched uh a darker more bleaker movie though not probably not as bleak uh this was a comfort watch it's 2007's rogue it's on to be it is uh, an American journalist on assignment in the Australian outback encounters a really huge man-eating crocodile while trapped on a rapidly flooding mud island. This is Greg McLean's uh, giant crocodile movie that's uh, got Rodham Mitchell and Michael Vartan. Um, it's super pretty tense. It's it's got a lot of faces in it, but uh, yeah, I really I really like this one. So that was a comfort watch for me. So really wacky dollhouse movie and super serious lean mean crocodile movie it's important to have balance yeah yeah watch it all speaking of watching it all i watched something i never thought i'd ever watch and that was 1932's the most dangerous game on hbo a psychotic big game hunter deliberately strands passing boats on a remote island where he begins to hunt the survivors for sport this is one i don't even know why i watched this i think i was scrolling through hbo's horror section I was like, hmm. They had a bunch of those old, like, 1920s, like, almost stop-motion movies. Those really, really early ones featuring, like, the devil and, like, the man in the moon type ones, whatever. And I was was clicking through some of those. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Plus, the most dangerous game, it's the line itself is just quoted. It's just pop culture referring to man as the most dangerous game, et cetera. And the, the number of movies that have spun off on the concept like hard target and surviving the game and stuff like that. And I was like, "Eh, 1932, this will be interesting. And it's very 1932 in so many ways. It's, 
I was thinking the whole time watching it, did people really talk that way to each other back in like 1932? Like just a very fast, almost like, and that's what you get when you have too much scotch. Like it was just like this really weird, like cadence and delivery and Why accent. Why do you know how to do that? Like that was really good. We should have Thank you do 1930s voice. 1930s voices. I deliver the next. Yeah, the one. next, yeah. next uh, movie synopsis needs to be 1930s voice. <laughs> All right, I'll give that a shot. It's a little bit longer, but okay. Uh, it, it's it's funny because I had to try and watch it through the lens of someone who's never seen a movie before, or let alone a horror movie, because it's it's 1932. Like I'm guessing people had never seen anything like this before in the first place. And the concept and stuff like that, even though we were in the post-World War One era and pre-World War Two, where stuff wasn't great. You know, we're in the middle of the Depression. And, yeah, it, it's just, it's really interesting to watch movies that old kind of as a time capsule. <laughs> Almost in the same way like you watch a movie from the 80s and you're like, oh, that was very 80s. Well, have... Have you watched like Dracula and Frankenstein that were right around the same it, era? It's been a long time, but I feel like that's different because they're kind of period. Was Dracula set at the time it was filmed? No, they were they were set. They were period pieces, weren't they? Yeah, they were like graphic. Yeah, so that's a that's the that's the difference for me. It's an old movie. That's they were like ah, it's see, even older. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. I can't burn it all now. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was it was worth a watch. It was I mean, it's only 60 minutes long. It was I mean, it's really short. There's almost it's very hard to describe anything as mounting tension when you've seen movie when you've been watching movies for your whole life. <laughs> let alone the movies like we've watched. And this this is based on a short story that I was yeah. even taught in I think high school and oh, really? so it's it's a story that's been adapted over and over and over in various different ways. So yeah, it's like we're already familiar with it. So it's not going to yeah, be as no shocking. no surprises. Yeah. No. Well, and the the amount the way they build tension with just long stares at each other was so funny. Instead of delivering information, it was just like long inhuman stare. <laughs> Use words. Use your words. What did you see? <laughs> Tell us. Instead of the exposition dump, it's the exposition stare. It really is. Like they <laughs> they chose to not use exposition at many places. We really have a big swing in that one cinematically. Worth a shot. I mean, it's 1932. It's 60 minutes. It's it's on, like, everything. I watch it on HBO, but I looked up where else it was available, and I think it's actually everywhere. Probably public right domain. Yeah, it's almost public domain. Or is public domain? I thought public domain was 100 years. It could be, be anything, because Night of the Living Dead is public domain. So it is? yeah, it it shouldn't have oh. been, but there was I, I don't get me lying about the backstory. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> but yeah, certain things after a period of time become open for public domain. Sure. So yeah. yeah. I think Winnie the Pooh might be now. Like this actual oh, actual story. So yeah. The more oh. you know. Well, after that, I decided to watch something that I can't remember if I've talked about on this podcast or not. I'm just 
taking a guess. I tried scrolling through Letterboxd, but we've watched so many movies that I was like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. It's not a one-sheeter or anything. Uh, 1995's The Prophecy on Peacock. Oh, crap. Do I have to do 1930s voice? Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially at least for like the first sentence or two. It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn into weird 1930s gangster, just so that's you know. Okay. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> at the scene of a bizarre murder, L.A. homicide detective Thomas Daggett discovers... The... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's doing so well. I'll, uh, at the scene of a bizarre murder, L.A. homicide detective Thomas Daggett discovers a lethal heavenly prophecy now being fulfilled on Earth. In his fight to stop the forces of evil, he finds an unlikely ally in an elementary school teacher. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, as the listeners are like, never do that again. <laughs> I'm actually afraid that they're going to say, always do that. Always That's do it again. Yes, they might. Oh, man. Uh, I love this movie so much. This is actually, this is one of those movies I forget how much I like. And I really like it. It's... And I was trying to figure out why I like it so much. Christopher Walken is great. Christopher Walken's great in so much stuff he's ever in anyway. But you have, I mean, between Christopher Walken, Virginia Madsen, Eric Stoltz, uh, Viggo Mortensen, like, it's a, a huge cast of recognizable names. And I was thinking about this, and I think it kind of ties in with why I like The Vigil so much, is it's religious horror just told in a completely different way. But honestly, the only thing I, lo- I don't like about the movie is the fact that there's a scene where a, a, an adult male open mouth kisses a young child. Oh. Like that, but for a different reason, but it's still like, ah, I didn't actually need to show that. Uh, but there's, uh, there's so much of these little eccentric details within it that don't get explained at all. Like the angels all perch like they're birds and just kind of lean and... Like the, there's kind of like an overt sexuality, like between them and love and, um, like an animalistic quality that doesn't get described, doesn't get anything. It just is literally, this is what they're like. Do, do they, and, do they communicate with stairs? Are there exposition <laughs> stairs? No, there's quite a bit of exposition. I mean, I know there is, else. but you know, it's like, maybe you had a theme this week. There, there's, there's some staring. Not nearly as much. Uh, and I think I just, I really love just that different take on the story that seems so familiar. You know, like, um, it it accomplished what Legion definitely did not for me. Like, if anyone saw the movie Legion, which is kind of the same sort of a concept where an angel comes down to, like, save this group of oh, people. It's That's a very different type of movie, yeah. It's a very different type of movie, but it, because it was basically a straight action about like an angel saving people, whatever. Like it was, there was no real complexity to it, and there's other issues that reason that I don't like Legion. But I think it's just the more movies I watch, the more I I understand I'm gonna see the same thing. You're gonna see the same plot. You're gonna see the same three: man versus man, man versus self, man versus nature, whatever, and the same sorts of tropes if it's slasher haunted house whatever but if you can if you just show me that a little bit different it doesn't have to be huge just a little bit like these little twists these little tweaks here and there that make it stand out as it's that turn into something that's like completely original like i can't think of anything that's like the prophecy frankly like before or since and maybe i haven't watched enough religious horror before 
Um, but I, I have, I really enjoy watching it so much just because it is so like, I really just love the concept of the world building that they create without necessarily over explaining it. Um, and it's oddly funny. Christopher Walken, there's several parts where he's really funny. Like, oh, I forgot, like Amanda Plummer's in it and like bringing him, him keeping people alive. And they're so sad. They just want to die. He's like, soon, don't be a pest. <laughs> like just little lines is so good. Are you a fan of the sequels? Because there's like, what, how many, like five? Uh, I, I've seen, I think I saw two and three. Um, I... Not not nearly to the extent of the first one. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of the second one was fine. Christopher Walken definitely delivers for me. The third one surprised me at Christopher Walken's role. Um, they 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 go down they kind of go downhill for me. Like yeah, two, three, four. I haven't seen four. I should. I don't think he's in that one, four. Christopher Walken. I don't think he is either, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, they're fine. I think because they lack that depth of originality for me that they're kind of like, oh, okay. We're, they didn't really bring enough new to the table for me. I um, worth watching, but I'll definitely, I'd rewatch the first one over and over <laughs> personally. It just oh, works yeah, for I can me. I see that. I kind of, I stopped at three mm-hmm. and I saw that the fourth one is on Hulu. So I was thinking about it, but I don't know if I should refresh my memory just watch the whole thing like the whole series start over yeah i i have enough of a memory of what the second and third one are about that i think i could just jump into the fourth one um but yeah i'd be curious to see i would it's funny because i was thinking about this about the concept of rebooting this potentially like Mm -hmm. reboot the prophecy but i like the first one so much that, like, without Christopher Walken being in the role would be like, ah, oh, like, who do you... It'd have to be very different for me to want to watch the reboot. Okay, I get that. But then again, Mutilator is getting a sequel, so, you know, there's always <laughs> a chance. Uh, okay, before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? <laughs> I watched The Woman Across the Street from The Girl in the Window on Netflix, <laughs> and I watch Exchanged. Uh, it's on Peacock, but it's also on Tubi. Tubu. It's also on Tubi and Voodoo. For free. For free, Tubu. Uh, I watched Amityville Dollhouse on Prime Video and Rogue on Tubi. And I watched The Most Dangerous Game on HBO, but it's pretty much everywhere. And The Prophecy on Peacock. I think it's also showing in a lot of places. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan brings up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, filming on the Disney Plus sequel, Hocus Pocus 2, has officially wrapped. Woo-hoo. Producer <laughs> producer Adam Shakeman revealed on Instagram that it is done and that we could expect the film this Halloween season on the streaming platform. Uh, the film is being billed as the spooky sequel to the 1993 Halloween classic with Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy all back as the Sanderson sisters. It's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame candle and resurrected the 17th century sisters who were executed for practicing witchcraft, and they are looking for revenge. Now it's up to three high school students to figure out how to stop the ravenous witches from wreaking a new kind of havoc on Salem uh, before midnight on All Hallows' Eve. 
Ann Fletcher is directing the movie, and Doug Jones will be back as Billy Butcherson. Uh, joining them are Whitney Peake as Becca, Lilia Buckingham as Cassie, Belissa Escobedo as Izzy, the three young women in present-day Salem who incite the wrath of the three witches. And Werewolves Within, Sam Richardson, will also star. And I know Zeta is excited for this news. I am. I'm very excited. Yay. Uh, Can I admit something on this podcast? Oh my god, John! It's a safe space. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that Zena's about to go nuts. Zena already knows what I'm going to say. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. I've never seen the entire movie. I feel like I feel like you should because your daughter would probably like this one. Yes. It's not too so scary. We did start Uh-oh, last did it Halloween. Get we started watching it. She got a little scared. And decided she didn't want to keep watching it. She's been in she's been in far more of a Disney and Canto type mood lately versus okay. horror. We That's talk fair. about Bruno all the time. <laughs> but you're not supposed to talk about yeah, Bruno. You're not. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like you're gonna have to watch that. If you ever take assignments, Zena, put that on your list for him. Oh, I know. I'm I'm terrified to go back to assignments again. I feel like there's been a <laughs> few confessions I've made that if you remember them, I'm gonna regret. <laughs> No, I think that it's it's always you always have like great insight on the movies, even if sometimes if you don't, you're not the biggest <laughs> fan. You know, we get a different perspective. It's fun. <laughs> you definitely get a different perspective. That's for sure. Um, last year's Mortal Kombat that released in April uh, in theaters and HBO Max is officially getting a sequel. While details are still heavily under wraps, we do know that Jeremy Slater, the Exorcist series creator, has been tapped to write the script. Uh, at least some of the main cast is expected to return. Uh, Jessica McNamee and Louis Tan were among those excitedly tweeting about the sequel news. And based on a post credit scene that teased video game favorite Johnny Cage, well, it's probably safe to assume that somebody will fill that role and we'll see him in the sequel. Uh, produced by James Wan, Mortal Kombat pulled in 80 3.6 million worldwide at the box office uh, beginning April 23rd and uh, the gory video game adaptation was also watched by 3.8 million households during that weekend a number wow. no other movie was able to pass on HBO Max so that was the the highest uh, streaming opening weekend for HBO Max so yeah I I thought it was fun as long as they give me more super gory fatalities I'm probably going to to enjoy myself. I think now that they've kind of built the world already, yeah, uh, I'll feel a little bit better yeah. for the, the, the stuff in it that I was like, oh, I don't. <laughs> What's going on here? Why is, why is this happening? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind a little bit less of the main character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't like the cliche of just like wedging MMA fighters in into a fighting movie. And then not portraying MMA fighters accurate at all. <laughs> I I feel like they were trying to go for different styles. But yeah, it, it's got the typical, here's the first of a series that's got a whole lot of mythology built into it. So once that a large chunk of that's out of the way, it should allow for more fun, I would think. Well, but... And the series has got like 50 characters in it. So they many characters. They could have used one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I think that they were trying to do the the typical like audience proxy type thing. Like sure. here's somebody experiencing this for the first time because otherwise it exposition little... dump. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever, but I I'm in it for the gory kills and a lot of those supporting characters like Oh, I loved the Sub-Zero and Scorpion stuff. That, that stuff was, was great. so good, yeah. 
so yeah, more of that. Um, and Stephen King's Later, which was also released last year, has uh, been described as a pulpy crime thriller, and it's already being adapted for television. Of course. Of course. <laughs> if, if there's anything as prolific as uh, Stephen King writing novels, it's people adapting Stephen <laughs> King novels, right? Um, so Blumhouse Television is behind the small screen project, which will be a limited series created by Rael Tucker and starring Lucy Liu. The book is part of Titan Books' hard case crime series that also includes uh, previous Stephen King novels, The Colorado Kid, and Joyland. Uh, the plot is a uh, it follows the son of a struggling struggling single mother. Uh, Jamie Conklin just wants an ordinary childhood, but Jamie isn't an ordinary child. Born with an unnatural ability, his mom urges him to keep a secret. Jamie can see what no one else can see and learn what no one else can learn. But the cost of using his ability is higher than Jamie can imagine, as he discovers when an NYPD detective draws him in the, into the pursuit of a killer who has threatened to strike from beyond the grave. Did you read this one? John, I haven't read this one. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm in the Gwendy's Button Box series right now. Oh, I think that's supposed to wrap up this year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, as a quick aside, proving that you know adaptations are just as prolific as King himself. Um, actress Sophie Thatcher, fresh off of Yellow Jackets, one of the best shows ever on TV currently, she's lined up a role in Rob Savage's upcoming Stephen King adaptation of The Boogeyman, a short story for Hulu. She'll star alongside Chris mm. Messina. So yeah, Rob Savage is uh, the person behind the Zoom horror movie host on Shudder. So yeah, there's there's all sorts of Stephen King stuff wrapped into one. And then news that greatly excites me, even though I have, like, nothing to go on. Uh, Revenge director Coralie Farge has finally lined up her next feature. It is titled The Substance, a body horror film that will star Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's Margaret Qualley and Demi Moore. Specifics on The Substance are currently under wraps, but uh, I'd say, you know, Deadline reported that it is going to be uh, Farge's explosive feminist take on body horror. Explosive. I'm not sure. It's going to be made for Universal Pictures and Working Title Films, and uh, Farge is also producing alongside Working Title Partners Eric Fellner and Tim Faven, and production begins in Paris this May. I don't know why, but as soon as you said the title, I was like... Is that because the stuff was already taken? <laughs> the stuff, the substance. The substance. The substance. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but I absolutely adore Revenge, and I have been waiting for her like follow-up sophomore feature ever since, so I basically went from a tired Monday zombie to, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, when you said Demi Moore, yes, yeah. for me. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn offended that I haven't seen Hocus Pocus and demanding that I be assigned it? Need something flawless in your life? Let's hear about it. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, by the time this episode airs, it will be February. So, happy February. Uh, first up on Tuesday the 1st, we have two movies coming out on DVD, Superhost and Slumber Party Massacre, uh, which both of these movies rock so hard, so you should check it out. So Superhost, two travel vloggers check in a vacation, rental with a host that will do anything for a good review. Anything. 
And then we also have Slumber Party Massacre coming on DVD. A slumber party turns into a bloodbath when the fun and when the fun is disrupted by a psychotic serial killer with a power drill. That one's also a good time. I think that one it was released in the summer on Sci-Fi. So check Has it out. It's been that long, right? It just the oh, months man. flew by. It's crazy. Except um, for January, that's been six hundred days long. Not anymore. It's still January. Oh, thankfully. <laughs> As the listeners listen to this in February. <laughs> so then on Thursday the 3rd, we have Murderville. It will be coming on Netflix. Uh, centric detective Terry Seattle teams up with his guest celebrity partners to improvise their way through a scripted murder investigation without the script. That one sounds very John. So I don't, I know you were saying how you don't watch a lot of things on Netflix. So maybe, maybe. I need a reason. Next up, we have Ghosts of the Ozarks. Uh, this one will be available on VOD. And the post-Civil War, Arkansas. Um, Arkansas. Okay, don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I disagree. Everyone listen to this. No, just don't. Just don't listen to me. <laughs> so this one, we're, we're not going to read it. We're just going to say. We're going to freestyle. So, yeah, this one, there's going to be a lot of secrets. A lot of secrets and supernatural things going on. David Arquette is in this. And also Tara, Tara Perry. Um, she played Dorothy on 12-Hour Shift, which is a good time. So check it out. Next up, we have Slapface on Shudder. So a boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a dangerous relationship with a monster rumored to be living in the woods. That one looks a lot of fun as well. And again, that's coming out Thursday. Shudder. Then on Friday the 4th, we have two movies that are coming out. We have Alone With You. It'll be, an avail It'll be available in limited theaters. So basically, this one is about, uh, it's about a woman who's waiting for her boo thing to come home. But then it turns out while in her apartment, you know, she starts hearing things. She starts seeing some shadows. She doesn't know what's going on, okay? There's even a demonic-like Zoom call that's happening. I saw the previews for it. It looks like a good time. <laughs> then we also have The Long Night. This one will also be available um, in limited theaters as well. Um, so a devoted couple's quiet weekend takes a bizarre turn when a nightmarish cult and their leader decides that they want to. They Why are you, you guys smiling? What's because... happening? <laughs> Nothing is happening. I feel like there's like an unspoken secret that I don't know about. Dun, dun, I can see it in John's yeah. eyes. <laughs> They don't, listeners don't know that. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but no, yeah, there. this one, um, again, it, it takes, it's about this couple who, you know, they're, they're, they decided they want to go on vacation, but then there's some supernatural, bizarre things that's going on, okay? And there's a cult, so it's going to be spooky. Oh, and also, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Tubi, they have um, like original movies and stuff now. Um, I've been watching a couple of their things. It's only been thrillers, but they have a horror movie that's available right now. It's called The Unborn. It's about this woman um, who's expecting, obviously, because it's called Unborn. And then she senses that her baby is possessed by a demonic spirit. And plus, she's seeing like her dead mother throughout her whole apartment and life and even in, you know. Everywhere. Um, yeah, everywhere. Was last radio call it to be original then? Or was it just, they just got the deal to release at first? Maybe there is I more. I think so. I think so. But yeah, I, I just, I haven't heard of this movie, Unborn. And then, you know, last and certainly not least, um, you can check out Bloody Disgusting TV or Screenbox. Yeah. Live your life. Live it. 
And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week. Everyone, if you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter, or evidently somewhere in Arkansas. <laughs> and you can hear me on my weekly horror narration <laughs> podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe <laughs> on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Our cancer. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bye. <laughs>